Hello and welcome to The Pen Addict on 5x5, a weekly show where we discuss pens, paper and the analogue tools that you love so dearly. This is episode 58. My name is Mike Hurley and I am today joined by a man who is capable of working in zero gravity, upside down, underwater and at temperatures from minus 30 to 250 degrees Fahrenheit. That's Mr. Brett Dowdy. <laughs> it sounds like you're reading one of my blog posts for something I'm going to talk about here in a bit. I may be, actually. I may be. So we'll leave, shall we leave it there? Look at you, master of illusion. I know. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Good job. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Um, one of the things that makes me great is the listeners of this podcast. Um, I don't, I'm sure you've noticed it. I've noticed it, too. That um, ever since we moved to five by five, you know, we're starting to get a few more interactions with our listeners. Um, you know, got got some new some people new to the show. Um, been getting a bunch of tweets on you know people catching up on the podcast. A lot of a lot of people. I know I've had several. I don't know about you saying they started at episode one and they've been listening through the whole thing. Have you had seen some of those? I have, and, and I think we've mentioned this before, but we kind of suggest that you do that. You know. Yeah, yeah, and it's, like not a, get... it's not a self—it's not a self-serving thing. It's that there is a um, there's it, it's there's definitely a thread that runs through you know episode one up until now episode fifty-eight that you know you can kind of see the progression and and a lot of people that have um, have started listening from episode one and are, and are listening to them in a in a more condensed fashion you know one after the other can kind of can kind of see that and have have commented on that. Especially if you're new or um, or a little wet behind the ears when it comes to to pens, you know, maybe you don't know too much because when we started out the show, I didn't really know anything. Um, we've, I feel like we've mentioned this before, but um, yeah, uh, you know, I, I didn't really know too much, and and as time has gone on, I started to learn a bit more, and I think that we're a bit term and jargon heavy at times, just because we're we're sort of up to our eyes in this stuff, um, right? But yeah, so I, I think it's good to go back from the start and, and catch up. Yeah, and then when you come to like an episode like today where we're going to talk about some of these, the, the things we're going to talk about today really tie into many, many episodes that we've talked about before. And, we're, you know, we'll, the topics we'll go through have, um, you know, definitely got some uh, genesis in some of the previous previous episodes. So um, we definitely think it's a good thing. And uh, we we have one new listener that uh, that Mike and I definitely want to uh, to mention and thank for for all of his interaction and his um, his really fun tweets and uh, posts and that's uh, um, at Camuel on Twitter uh, Cam's what's it Cam's Campbell I am just checking I believe that you're <laughs> yeah Cam's Campbell. Cam's Campbell, I was right. So, Cam's, we really appreciate uh, all your tweets, and we're actually uh, we actually want to talk about you today because you're like the epitome of what some of our, our our new listeners are doing. What Cam has done is he started listening from the beginning. I think he's even mentioned he's like on his second run through. He like, he started at fifty and then went back. Okay. Yeah. So what what he, what he's been doing is as he listens to some of the episodes, he does a written review about our episode. It takes a picture of it and tweets it to me and Mike, it's and awesome. it's it's hilarious. I love our listeners. Yeah, like, it's awesome. And they- he's done this several times now. Um, let me read the let me read the one from today. 
So he just wrote this on a little notepad. It says, episode 50 was the first one I've listened to. I've since gone back to the beginning and I'm now at 50 again. And now it makes so much more sense. So what's changed? Context. First time around, I had no fountain pens and no knowledge. Now I have two and a little. I recommend going back to the start. So that's directly <laughs> from a listener, exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So they, there is some context context that's wrapped around there. And what CAMS has even done, CAMS um, helps run a, a post office. Is he in Dublin? Um, it's uh, in Ireland somewhere. I, uh, I thought that he was from Scotland. Hang he's in on. Scotland. Sorry, we weren't we weren't totally prepped for you, Cams. We yeah, we should have been. This is this is terrible. I mean, I had thought that he was. I'm I'm bringing up Google Maps because I feel like this is one of those things that you have to get right. Uh, so, ah, uh, it's like yeah, he's in Scotland. Yes, okay, he's, Scotland. He's, yes, on a, yes. he's on an island called the Isle of Arran. Yes. Yeah, so that that's that's where the confusion comes up. But yes, he, he's in awesome. Scotland. I believe that he was, but it was one of those things you, you do not want to get those two mixed up. Yeah, no, 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 no. I will, I will, uh, you know better than, than I have, and I, I don't want to cause any, uh, any rift there. <laughs> he may, st- he may, he may go from being one of the most loyal to least loyal listeners <laughs> in the space of 20 seconds. So sorry about that, Cam. We will link to your proper location in the show notes. But he is at uh, Brodick Post Office, so we will uh, we'll put that in there. But uh, yeah, he's um, he's been great. It's fun listening, or excuse me, reading all his uh, his reviews of our uh, of our episodes. And it's uh, Mike and I have gotten a huge kick out of talking to him. And what he's done is he's actually taken some of the information he's gained in this episode and added to the product lines that they're actually selling at the post office which you know that's that's kind of a weight on our shoulders mike yeah i mean we're now uh directly contributing to this man's living which is <laughs> kind of kind of scary a little bit but yeah. um yeah so no no uh, pressure cams we appreciate that no pressure at all so um, we're linking to to his blog because it's a really cool blog actually he's got a couple of posts about pens but there's one which is really cool where he talks about the show talks about the things that he's bought and some of the stuff that stuff that he is changing in his in his post office it's just really cool like i, I love the the um interaction that we have with with all of our listeners and it's it's just nice you know it, it's it's not it's just cool to see this stuff yeah we talk about it all the time but it's it's a great community around this podcast and uh, we love all you guys so we we appreciate all the support for sure Always continue to get in touch with us because this is the sort of stuff that I think it makes what we do feel like really worthwhile for us is to know that people listen and to know that people really enjoy it, and that you know, for as much as we're spending money, spending your money uh, for you, um, <laughs> you're, you're actually getting a kick out of the show too, and, and yeah, and, and sure. we love it. We, we love it. We we love the listeners to the Pennant Podcast. Don't tell anyone, but you guys are the best listeners. <laughs> don't, don't tell anyone. I know, don't tell anyone. Keep it on the down low. Don't tell those other guys. I don't tell them. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, you know, in, in probably in relation to some of Cam's uh, comments to us before, I've actually it, it made an update on the penaddict.com that might help him uh, help him a little bit more. I have I keep a, uh, a top five pens list um, that's still a work. It's a still a work in progress 
on the site, and it's kind of a, a living page where I keep updating the top, my top five pins list. And after I made the first batch of or the first list of top fives, I had a bunch of comments saying um, which which other lists I needed to add. So it, it took me a while. Um, to get to some of these, and there's still a few more that I want to get to, but I've added four new lists on my top five pins page, and we'll link to this in the show notes. But I just wanted to go over them real quick um, because a lot of people have been asking about them. Um, the first one I've added is the top five ballpoint pins, and um, we talked about it last episode, and we talked about um, tip sizes and, and things like that, and this is very relevant to ballpoint pens as much as, as any, and we're actually going to do part two of this, this nib conversation later in this episode. But um, my top five ballpoint pens, the Uniball Jetstream 0.5 millimeter. I know I talked last episode about how much I love the 0.38. I'm a little bit scared to put that on there just yet because I don't want people to <laughs> – sometimes people take me literally – yeah. Um, on what to purchase and have emailed me after, like you said, you like this pen, I bought it and I don't like it. And I think we've, I think people know better than to do that. Um, this is a list. This is a list of what I personally use. This is not a list of what I recommend you purchase, if that makes sense. So this is just to give you an idea of what my personal favorites are, not a list you should go out and go, well, Brad says these pens are great. Let me go buy them. You got to make sure that it's the right fit for you. So still, the Uniball Jetstream 0.5 is really the kind of the sweet spot. The 0.38 is super fine. I love it. The 0.5 is kind of the sweet spot. Um, second is the Acroball, which some there's some days where that's that's a number one for me. It's really the ball points. It's really one and two, the Jetstream and the Acroball. Everything else is down below that. Um, the Pentel Vicuna is actually a, a kind of a surprising pen to me. It every time I use it, it always writes so so well. Um, it doesn't quite make it into the Jetstream Acroball category, but it's a really really great option. It's got some of the most the darkest black ballpoint ink that I've ever used. It's really nice. Um, kind of a surprising one, and one that surprised me all along is the Pilot Doctor Grip. Um, it's a traditional ballpoint where the other four pins on this list are hybrid ballpoint inks. Um, you'll have to listen back to the episodes. I'm sure we've, we've discussed that, those differences several times. But the Dr. Grip is one of the most um, consistent writing traditional ballpoint ink pens that I've used. Um, and, of course, it comes with a, with a comfortable grip. That's its whole selling point around the Dr. Grip. And then the fifth one is the Zebra Serrari. Yeah, I find it to be a little more consistent than other hybrid ballpoint inks like the Vicuna, Acroball, and Jetstream. But I, I do like that it comes in a 0.5, and that's been – it has a nice barrel. It's comfortable. I just don't think it's quite at the Acroball, Jetstream level of writing consistency, but it's a really good pen. Um, one of the lists that I wanted to do the most, and I, th- I think I had some people ask about it, but was the top five pen and pencil cases because that's something I'm kind of passionate about. I, I buy a lot of case, pen cases. Um, I, I hate to even do this, but my number one shouldn't is be allowed. <laughs> I use this pen case every day. No more. I mean, I, I, I don't know what to do about that. So it's the Nomadic PD. 04 roller pen case. It's the best pen case that I've ever used. It is no longer for sale. So I don't know what to do. Do I include it in the list? I mean, I, I literally use this case every day. I, I don't know what the right thing to do is, but it's the best pen case I use. I love it. Um, it's got a, a great combination of, of 
pin dividers. It's got a large pocket for just holding random stuff, and it's got some smaller pockets to hold smaller items like ink cartridges and erasers. So to me, it, it's the best, but I'm sorry. Um, you're not going to be able to buy one. Um, what you can buy, though, is probably the, the second most case pin case that I use is the Dome Paper Leather 4-Barrel Holster. Um, with it, it is a It will hold four pins, but it won't hold four fountain pins. I usually carry three fountain pins in it. Um, it, I just don't want to jam them in there real tight, but it's just a beautifully, uh, well-made, um, pin case, um, that I use. I'll actually take, if I'm not going to carry the roller, um, which I usually carry five fountain pins in, I'll take three of them out, put them in the holster and carry them that way. Missing a link there, buddy. I know because I don't have it, uh, reviewed. So ah. there are, there are some you will see with not, this has been a, actually a good exercise for me because I've gone through and I'm surprised at how many of these products I haven't reviewed. So if there's no link, that means I am, I owe an, a review for the product, even though I've, I know I've talked about it a million times. I've linked to, I've given one of these away on my blog, actually the holster when it came out. Um, I've just never actually reviewed it. So that gives me a good, uh, good reminder of the, some of the reviews I need to follow up on. Um, the third one is the Alter Manufacturing Mod O2 pin case. I use this case a lot for just general storage. Um, probably like my this this holds a lot. So like my fountain pens go in the Nomadic and the Done, and then like my other nice pens like the Render K and some of the other pens like that that I use uh, very frequently go in the in the Alter Mod O2. It's just a very thick, durable canvas canvas and Velcro case. Um, that I like a lot. And, and number four is a lot like that too. It's the Nomadic PE10 trifold. Um, you know, it's an envelope style where it, it folds over. There's four slots. I use that one for um, fountain pens that are cleaned and just in storage that are not in use right now. And then the fifth one is the Kokuyu Neocrits Transformer. That case has been around since the beginning of my blog. I mean, well, it's been around before that, but I reviewed it shortly after I started uh, Pen Addict. And it's still one of the best cases around just for portability. This is a great student workspace portable case because it's just an open open concept. The pins stand vertically, and then you unzip it, stand it up on your desk, um, turn the flap down, and it stands up like a pin cup. And it's really cool. It's really, really well made. I'm a huge fan of that case, and I've given away a couple of them on the blog. Um, so definitely check that one out if you're looking for, you know, just kind of more of a uh, general pen storage. Top five Kickstarter pens. I got asked a bunch about this one. This was kind of a hard list to do because I really only use a, a few of them regularly, but I, I do have some thoughts on the other ones. The one I use the most and the one we talk about the most is the Render K. Um, I'm such a high-tech C fan that that's pretty much the only pen I use these days with a high-tech C. Um, if I'm using a high-tech C, it's probably in one of my render case. I think I've got three of them at this point. I'm lusting after a, a – I'm having a hard time not buying the solid black one because it looks pretty cool. But um, we'll see. They uh, Karis Customs has some other stuff up their sleeve. They've been tweeting out, so I'm, I'm saving my funds for uh, the upcoming project. You'll never have the cool ones like me, though. I know. My, and Mike still has the coolest. Mike has the Delrin. Um, he's got he's got some cool stuff. So um, number two is a surprise, and it's 
been one of the better purchases I've made through Kickstarter. It's called the Now and Then Eco Essential Pen. And there's no link for that one because I haven't reviewed it yet. But what it is, it's a it's a bamboo, it's a high tech C. It's for the high tech C refill, but it's a it's a bamboo with like um, a silver cap, and the cap's got a stylus on it. It's very well balanced and comfortable pen to write with. Um, it's not too light. It's not too heavy. Everything about it is just right. The stylus works good. I um, carry that in my backpack around, uh, in my backpack a lot, um, just because I like the stylus to have the stylus handy. Um, the third one is the solid titanium pen and stylus. Um, that one's really good too, and that one is really popular because you that's the one that you can fit, you know, probably 50, 60, 70 refills in. Um, so I I don't use that one as much, but it does fit the Pilot High Tech C Cavalier refill, which is what I use in the solid tie pen and stylus. Um, the fourth one is the pen type A, which is really the one that that started off this whole thing um it's just it would rank higher it's just not for me in the the design it's not a portable pin like you can't throw that pin in your pocket the way it's designed but it's as beautiful of a design as you'll ever see um it's just really more of a desk type pin or something you keep at your office or wherever you're writing it's just not high on the portability so it doesn't fit that need for me like a render K or some of these other options do. And then the fifth one is the Premier P1. And every time I've added this, uh, all my Kickstarter pins are uh, sitting on my desk in the dude, the the pin, pin holder that uh, Mike Dudek made for both you and I. And I love the looks of these Premier Pen P1s. They're very sleek and they're very well made. And it's just a very nice, nice looking pen. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, my. Goodness. You okay? Out of nowhere. Yeah, I think I'm going to make it. Send help. <laughs> <laughs> send help for my pen problem. That's what you need to send. <laughs> and the fifth, the, the, last, um, the last top five that I've added... Um, which you, uh, I think, alluded to at the intro, is the top five extreme weather pens. Um, this is a category that didn't used to be a category. It used to be one pen, and it used to be the Fisher Space Pen, and there was nothing else. Well, in the past, I guess, decade or so, maybe not even that long, um, several other companies have started making, the the basis around it is the pressurized um ink ballpoint ink refill which allows you to write upside down in extreme heat and extreme cold write on dirty surfaces you know on wood you know and just in in all kinds of extreme conditions um the tombow air press is easily my favorite just for body style and consistency of writing um it it's handled everything i've been able you know i've you know it's not like i'm you know, on a sled and going to the North Pole or something. But um, in what I need this pen to do, it, it's worked really well for me. Like I said, I, I keep it in my car. People, I get emails or tweets all the time. Hey, what's that pen you say you keep in your car all the time? It's the Tombow Air Press, um, just because it can stand the Georgia heat and um, I can pick it up and it'll start writing. Um, I also like the Uniball Power Tank. That's the second one on the list. There's a few different models. I like the the new, the newer. Um, the newer model, the newer barrel design of the power tank, and also like the, um, they also make a high end model that I like. It's really good looking. 
Third, I have to I have to put it on there because I really use the refills a lot, and that's the Fisher Space Pen. Um, I it's still a classic, and it's still extremely popular. Um, it's just that really traditional bullet style fits easily in your pocket, fits great with a memo book um, in your pocket, and that's what a lot of people use that as their everyday carry pen, just because of its um, slim profile and its ability to write in pretty much any situation. Um, the little brother to the Tombow Air Press is the Tombow Air Press A Pro. I like it for its its smaller uh, profile. Um, this pen was really marketed as like a um, gosh, how do you say it? Not like a I don't know for professionals to use like uh, waitresses, people in restaurants, people who are having to use a pen having to use it quickly and having to use it in a lot of situations. Um, it's a little bit cheaper than the air press, a little bit better looking than the air press. Um, I like the more, the more serious look of the traditional air press, but the a pro is actually a really, really good option, really good pen. And then the fifth is the pilot downforce. Um, I've just been using it recently and it writes really, really well. I don't like the barrel design as much as some of these other ones, but for, you know, a write anywhere type pen, it, it's a really good option. So I am fleshing out the um, the top five list as we go, and I'm going in adding comments. I've started adding uh, you know little blurbs on some of the other lists that I've done, and I've still got some more lists to go. Like uh, our friend uh, Toffer, it's not Topher, as he he vined me the other day on uh, <laughs> on Twitter how to pronounce his his uh, his name. He he wants a top five inks list, and that that will be fountain pen inks list. So that will be coming soon. So I've been working at keeping this list up to date, and it'll be changing. And um, you know, one of the things that's going to change is the top five pens overall. That's probably going to change pretty soon. Um, just got to get the time to do it. So I just wanted to let everyone know that those updates are out there. Um, and if you have suggestions for more lists that you would like to see, uh, definitely get in touch. Excellent. So you didn't fall asleep while I was rambling there? Not at all. I was following along. I was looking down the list and clicking links of things I wasn't that com- that not that good. familiar with. Good, good, good. Any questions? No. No, you're too smart for me. How could I question your top five lists? Oh, please, please. I mean, they're yours, aren't they? I can't question them. That's true. Fair enough. I mean, all I would say is I don't understand how the Jetstream would be your number one of anything because I really don't like that pen, but I know I'm in the minority with that. Well, no, I think the Jetstream 1.0 is a really bad pen. Right. So I don't like it at all. That that would be why, because that's probably I think that's what I have. So yeah, it's. It's very, it's much more inconsistent than the smaller tip sizes. Surprisingly enough, it's a lot, it's a little bit messier, a little bit globbier. Um, I have never had good. I used to not like the Jetstream at all because of the 1.0 millimeter size, and I wouldn't try the new ones for the longest time because I had such a bad experience with the 1.0s. But now that I found the smaller tip sizes, I love them. Brilliant. Yep. So yeah, we need to. Um, we had a good discussion about. Um, about nibs and tip sizes last episode kind of a part one of we'll do a part two in this episode um you want to go ahead and do our sponsor and then we'll get into more of this nib talk because i still got more i still have plenty to talk about of course what a great, awesome what a great idea sir so i want to just take a moment to thank 
our fantastic sponsor for this week's episode, and that is, of course, the fine folks over at squarespace.com who give you absolutely everything you need to make an amazing website. Squarespace provide you with all of the tools that it takes to put your first site or new site, any website online. It doesn't matter whether you're creating a portfolio, website, blog, site for your business, uh, maybe you want to start a, an online store of your own. Well, Squarespace give you all of the tools that you need to do that. They're beautiful themes. Um, everything looks fantastic on Squarespace sites because they have great a great gallery of templates um, from which you can select and you can lay out your pages however you want using the drag and drop page building system. And you can make customizations like the fonts and the colors and, and things like that. And it's really, really easy to do in their WYSIWYG design editor, meaning whatever you see is what you get. WYSIWYG, so it's awesome. Um, it's, there are so many great things. There are so many things that I love about Squarespace. I love the fact that I have statistics built in. I don't need to worry about installing, finding where to insert code to install analytics systems because it's all built in. iOS and Android apps, they come straight from Squarespace. So you can manage your site on the go. Um, if you have a blog from elsewhere, you can import it straight into Squarespace. You can easily set up sharing and syncing with your social media accounts too. If you want, you can add an integrated store right into your new or existing Squarespace website or into any Squarespace 6 site using Squarespace Commerce. You can easily add um, a payment solution and store inventory management and everything. Basically, a, a, a storefront for digital or physical goods. You can process your customer orders and they integrate Stripe as their payment processing system, which is very, very simple to, to integrate and set up. It's very cool. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support. They also have live online workshops to help walk you through step-by-step -step everything you need to know to build an amazing site. There's no credit card required to try out Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com slash 70 decibels and you can start your free trial. Squarespace plans start at $10 a month for the standard plan, $20 a month for the unlimited plan. If you sign up for a year up front, you'll get 20% off. Sign up for two, you'll get 25% off. And don't forget to use the code 70 decibel 6 at 70-D-E-C-I-B-E-L-S and the number 6 at checkout and you will get 10% off your first order on top of any other discounts. So go check out Squarespace, everything you need to make an amazing website. Fantastic. All right. And, and they make, uh, keeping my uh, top five list easy to update. It's so simple. It's not even funny. So. That's why I'm able to uh, to continue to add and 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 modify that page because they they make the tools very easy to do that. So last week we talked about we had an emailer talking about nib and tip sizes and why people choose certain things and and I wanted to elab I elaborated on you know the differences between some tip sizes. I started off the conversation around you know why ballpoint rollerball and gel. Um, while they may be marked the same or measured the same tip size, the actual line width you're going to get on the page is different. And I wanted to continue, um, continue that conversation because another another um, topic that I get emailed probably as much as any is around fountain pen nibs. And I know we've covered this before, and I've I've made it perfectly clear that people need to be aware of the differences in fountain pen sizes, you know, you know, an F nib on one manufacturer, uh, you know, a fine nib from one manufacturer is not going to be the same as a fine nib from another manufacturer. Um, and I just wanted to continue that conversation. 
um, and just, you know, reiterate some of that discussion just because the, those are the questions that, you know, a lot of new listeners have and, you know, people that are just starting to get into fountain pens, which I'm seeing more and more every day, especially as my, you know, fountain pens pen addiction grows, I, I'm seeing other people starting to to get the bug and they continue to have the same question and it revolves around the the basic premise is Japanese nibs, fountain pen nibs versus German fountain pen nibs. Those are the two most popular nibs, I guess, in the fountain pen world. Um, they're both super high quality. There's no, there's no difference in quality between these nibs. Um, the Japanese make beautiful steel nibs, beautiful gold nibs. They have some of the best nib manufacturers in the world. Um, and the Germans the same way, the steel nibs and the gold nibs. There's no quality issues when comparing those two. They're both elite. Whether the differences lie and what they believe is the right the sizing for the nibs. So, what you'll see in general, and and I'm going to make that clear, in general, a German nib will be wider than its counterpart Japanese nib. So, a Lamy F nib, which is a fine nib, which is a German pen, a Lamy. F nib is going to write a wider line than a Japanese, say, pilot F nib. There, you can almost take it as in the German nibs comparing to the Japanese nibs. If a German, if you have a German F nib, you can assume that the Japanese F nib is going to write like one step down for the German nib. It'll write like a German EF nib, if that makes sense. If I'm saying, if I'm explaining that correctly so uh, people you know get that a lot of people will buy oh I just bought this Japanese F nib and you know after looking at some German you know writing samples you know someone using a Lamy F nib and the line's twice as wide or something crazy and they don't like that fineness of it um, and then conversely someone wants an extra extra fine nib and they buy you know, a German EF nib and it's wider than, you know, a Japanese medium nib. So you have to pay attention and, you know, there's tools out there on the web that can, can show you some comparisons like Goulet. Goulet pens has a great, uh, I think it's called nib, nib nook where you can compare some of the line widths and they've done a good job there where you can actually see some visual comparisons. But I get this, this may, might be the most asked question, you know, which nib size should I purchase? And you just have to be aware of, you know, what the differences are and what nibs manufacturers are using. Now, some of the confusion comes into play, um, especially with a brand like Twisby. Um, Twisby is a Taiwanese company. You would think they would use the Asian nib standard, but what they do, Twisby buys German nibs. So, you don't want, don't let Twisby fool you in thinking that an extra fine nib is going to be something like a Japanese extra fine nib, which really light a Japanese extra fine nib right somewhere in the order of about 0.35 to 0.4 millimeter, like a gel ink pen would like a pilot high tech C 0.4 millimeter. You're going to be close to a Japanese EF nib. I mean, they are super, super, super fine. That's what I use a lot. Um, Twisby sources their nibs from Germany. 
So an extra fine Twisby nib is going to be something along the lines of a Lamy extra fine. They're going to be very similar in, um, in line width. Maybe not exact, but it's going to be more along the lines of uh, the German sizing because that's where they're sourcing their nibs from. So you really have to pay attention when you're getting down to spending your money on a fountain pen. If the nib is the nib size is a concern and you're unsure about it, you need to do some research on what's going to be the proper fit for you. Because I don't want people buying you know the wrong things. I just want them to be informed when they're making this type of purchasing decision. So. And, and along those lines, the differences between gold nibs, like 14 karat gold or 21 karat gold, in you know, like a Pilot or a Pelican, versus say a similar steel nib. In the te- I've been able to test a bunch of pins from my friend Thomas and a bunch of similar nib styles, similar nib sizes. And trying to determine, okay, does a gold nib write differently? Does it write smoother? Is it softer than a corresponding steel nib? And the difference is very, very minimal. Um, You're paying a premium for the gold nib. Um, Yes, maybe it's a fraction softer and a fraction smoother, but in my experience, the steel nibs being made these days by German manufacturers and then from, um, you know, in pens like the Twisby, they're such high quality. Um, I don't sweat getting a steel nib um, and making that choice for a steel nib over, over a gold nib or things like that because the steel nibs are such high quality these days. The smoothness and softness is there. Um, that People can tell, you can tell a slight difference between the two, but if people are asking me, um, if there's a huge difference in how a gold and steel nib writes, it's more of a slight difference, um, I think. I think other people might have different opinions on that than me. Um, I'm not saying there's no difference. There's definitely some difference. Um, but it's not an extreme difference. Like I think Twisby nibs, they're all steel. And those are some of the best nibs going. I mean, they're all super smooth. I mean, you you, you use several Twisbys, Mike. I mean, what do you what do you think about those steel nibs? I love them. I think that they're just excellent. Really, really excellent. Yeah, and I mean, I think you will find that you know the manufacturers, someone like uh, Edison Pen, who's making manufacturing a bunch of pens, and you can that's a company where you can choose steel or gold and you know it's a hundred or hundred and twenty five dollar premium you might want to consider the steel in the in the same barrel that because it's i mean it, it, it's hard to say until you, you've used them yourself and and i think some people will probably disagree with me on this but i don't have a huge i don't see a huge discrepancy i can tell some difference um but you know in the smoothness and the quality i mean i think the steel nibs are uh Steel nibs are just fine, although I have started to dabble in some gold, <laughs> some gold nibs here recently with my Pelican, uh, my Pelican purchase, and of course, like the Vanishing Point, Mike, that you and you and I have, that's a gold nib. Um, so anyway, I, j- I just wanted to point that out that there's not, I don't find a huge to be a huge performance difference between gold and steel. So that's that's some of the the discussion around fountain pen nibs that I get um, asked about a lot. And one thing I don't get asked about a lot, but one I, I did want to make a point of, 
is um, since we're talking about nib sizes and tip sizes and measurements, you know, around those areas is in pencils. Now, a lot of us, um, you know, I'm starting to get into wood case pencils and that's one thing that that tip sizes, you know, depending on on sharpeners, I'm talking more about um, mechanical pencils, drafting pencils, things of that nature. And, um, you know, lead holders, there's a huge variety out there for lead pencils you know just like a ballpoint pen you're not you don't have to be stuck buying the 1.0 millimeter ballpoint pen there's other options out there that might be better for you the same thing goes with pencils you don't have to go to the store and buy a 0.7 millimeter lead pencil you know there's obviously 0.5 millimeters a very common measurement out there you can go they used to be, I don't think they make a 0.2 millimeter anymore. There used to be a manufacturer that made a 0.2 millimeter lead. Um, there may still be one out there. Um, 0.3 is about as small as I've seen. And this is actually, this is actually one of the truer measurements, Mike. I mean, it's based on the lead dimensions. I mean, it's just fact. It's, it's a fixed measurement. This is the dimension. Obviously, as you wear the pencil, the line width changes, but it's a fixed dimension. So, You'll see a, several manufacturers make a 0.3 lead. Um, 0.5 and 0.7 are kind of the main sweet spots. Yeah. I kind of like, there's a, Oto makes a 0.4 um, that I like. There's a, I don't know how many companies make a 0.4. I think I find 0.3 millimeter leads to be too fragile. While I like my 0.3 millimeter gel ink pens, 0.3 lead pencils, mechanical pencils and drafting pencils, that gets a little bit too fragile for me. Um, and then you can go up to 0.9, um, 1.3 millimeter leads, and then you start getting into to lead holders, which a lot of artists and, and sketchers and engineers and designers use, um, where they use the real thick leads and, um, you know, a lead holder that slides out, you know, like one huge piece of lead that they continually sharpen and, and things like that goes, goes, go up to gosh, two millimeters and even larger, I think so. There's, there's lots of options out there. You got to do your research and, um, and you got to, uh, ask me and Mike questions if you have them. So we're, we're more than glad to help because I, I know you guys have these questions because this is what keeps hitting in my inbox. <laughs> I think that that's very comprehensive in a good yeah. way. You know, I think that's the kind of stuff that people, I like to believe people are looking for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the, and I didn't know these things when I started doing it. You know, I, one of the first pens, fountain pens I bought was a, a Lamy Extra Fine. And, you know, not knowing, you know, how it relates to other manufacturers, I was like, oh, this is a nice line. It's a fine line. I, I don't think it's as fine as something that I want. Um, is there something I can, is, does Lamy make an extra, extra fine? Then, then I find out that, oh, well, if I look at some of these Jan Japanese manufacturers and look at their fine nibs, I'm going to have a different writing experience. And then that's when the uh, the light bulb kind of went off, and I was like, "Oh, that's what I need to look at." So, as it turns out, I like uh, Japanese gel ink pens, and that turned into a Japanese fountain pen obsession, which I'm kind of having a little uh, problem with right now. <laughs> definitely in the wallet. <laughs> yeah, see, I think I'm definitely more of a German. Yeah, yeah, because um, yeah, and that's why that's why uh, we we make a a good partnership for the show because we we have different writing styles, we have different needs for you know what we want to write with, you know we both 
use different nib sizes and tip sizes every day. So it's good to be able to have that conversation around what's suiting your needs for the different situations that you're in. Yeah, we like a lot of the same things, but we don't necessarily like them the same way or... And, and you know and there are some distinct differences. Yes, I yeah, and good. like, but I think both of us appreciate the same products. Like we understand that you know the Pilot Vanishing Point is a real marvel of engineering, and it's a beautiful pen. And you, but we both want a different writing experience out of that. So the one the one thing I have. Uh, you have assimilated me on those somewhat is the retro 51. I haven't been changing out those refills. I've been using the, the wider refills. They're just, they're just so smooth and easy to write with. I, that's one of the more enjoyable wider nib pens that I use. So that it's 0.7 millimeter rollerball, And, uh, I have no reason. I used to be looking for, uh, options to change that out to something finer, but I don't, I don't think I want it. I think that, I think that refill is there for a reason it works perfectly for that pen, and uh, I'm that's one that I'm I'm right there with you on 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 that one. Good. Good. So I think that uh, I think that's about a wrap for this episode. We got I did I wanted to break that nib talk into two parts because I I know how I, I know how I get sometimes I didn't want to have an hour and a half episode and then a 30 minute episode. So it kind of worked out good to split it, split it in two. So hopefully everyone has uh, caught up to both parts and uh, you know, as always, if you have questions, get in touch, we're, we're more than happy to help. And that's where the, you know, the topics for this, for the podcast come from is from, from you guys, from you listeners, you know, these are the questions you guys have and, you know, I want to be able to uh, help you uh, help you answer them. So um, I'm glad to do it. Cool. Are we done? We're done, sir. Let's wrap it up. Awesome. You can catch up with us um, on social networks. I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Brad is uh, at Dowdy, D-O-W-D-Y, on app.net, and he is Dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M, on Twitter. Brad also has his fantastic blog over at penaddict.com. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of the Pen Addict Podcast. Um, Until next time, bye-bye. Bye-bye.